0: Hi, everyone. Thank you again for tuning in to another episode of Take Flight Podcast. So welcome back. This is episode number 89, where we'll be discussing wealth in the UK and why the gap. Building on a recent Bloomberg article that Daniel had discussed a few episodes back, we talk about property wealth in the UK and the significant disparities we see between the Black Bangladeshi and other communities within the UK. In this episode, we talk about why we think that gap is, has the gap got any better, and what can we do individually and as a community to improve it. This is a great episode with lots of contradictory thoughts, so make sure to tune in and thank you as always, for tuning in to take flight podcast
1: take take boom guys,
0: welcome to episode eighty nine of take flight podcast very, very important topic today, but before we get into it, let's do our usual check in How is everyone doing? How is everyone doing pete let's kick you off how How are you I'm
2: well, the family's well uh i've I've now got a couple of weeks off um from work so good opportunity to recharge reflect and start working on some things for the second half of the year
0: i can say that's that's the most relaxed i've seen your face in a long time piece so it sounds like that break you're enjoying it i'm getting good sleep (laughs) (laughs) sleep. no i'm just getting good sleep i'm just uh
3: i'm
2: getting my naps in (laughs) so yeah
0: uh, by the way, if anyone from Fitbit is listening to this and you're looking for any sponsorship opportunities on Take Flight Podcast, please, please contact us. So, Daniel, how how are you doing? How are you, Daniel? Yeah,
3: I'm I'm well, thank you. Doing all good. Can't complain.
0: Are you back in the? because I wasn't sure, Daniel. Are you back in the <laughs> office now?
3: No, don't, ask, don't ask. Don't ask. Don't ask. It's a sensitive topic.
0: Too <laughs> <laughs> sensitive.
3: It's a sensitive topic. Let's Unless put it want. this way. Let's Let me put it this it. way. Let's put it this way. If we record, if we were to record n- this time next week, <laughs> we ain't recorded <laughs> okay. <the way> home. <laughs> okay. I'll go back okay. into the office on Monday. <laughs>
0: back into the office on Monday. And do you have any um any summer breaks? Anything planned?
3: Nope. <laughs> 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 I've got about 30, 30 days of holiday to use, but I haven't got any. Or got nothing planned for um July August. As of yet.
0: Well, it sounds like when you're back in the office, Daniel, that holiday vacation time may be, may be good to cash in on that, to recharge.
3: That, that's that's what I saved it for.
0: <laughs> so Olu, Olu, how are you How are you doing? I'm
1: good. Can't complain. Um, obviously, as we're recording, it's unfortunate. England England didn't win, so it didn't come I was, home. I was waiting Instead, to see it went gonna, I was to um, But yeah, no, I'm good. Um, yeah, I'm good. Can't complain.
0: And any holiday had- plans? Tired, any, well, h- uh, any plans on your side the next couple of weeks chilling uh,
1: relaxing it's going to be uk destination so probably going to do um a little lads road trip um with a few people so we'll see um does, i need to travel that, and visit that, some
3: people does that, does that include both no um
1: no <laughs> oh. <laughs> it doesn't include <laughs> um the lads trip um there'll be activities that both can't partake in so um yeah, it's better he doesn't come along. What about yourself, Shua? How are you?
0: Are, are you giving that reason to us or to yourself? It sounds like it sounds like it's a little <laughs> bit there's like a little bit of guilt inside of that, Olu. No guilt, no guilt. Some
1: sometimes separation <laughs> is good for everyone, right? What about yourself, Shua? How are
0: you? No, all uh, all, all good on, on uh on my side. Now I'm also similar to, to P here in Sweden slash the Nordics, July is basically a vacation month. Uh, So I'm going to be taking the next uh, two, three, four weeks off and just a chance to recharge and travel a little bit as well. Um, But with that, it's actually perfect to get into the holidays, uh, recording an episode. And this is a very important episode for us. I mean, every episode is important, but this is quite a pertinent topic about wealth in the UK and specifically property wealth in the UK and why there's a gap. Now, I think a few episodes ago, when we had the property versus stocks, I think in part four, for anyone that's missed any of that see, uh, series, by the way, property versus stocks, it's a four-parter. Um, highly recommend you check it out and listen to it. Lots of facts that were shared there, and also personal stories, anecdotes, etc. And it's a great discussion. But in the in those four-part episodes, we spoke. Uh, Daniel had shared an article that Bloomberg had put together, um, where they had collected some statistics from the Office of National Statistics. And they compared property wealth in the UK, split by the demographics within the UK. In terms of, uh, I don't know if would you call it racial demographics. What would you categorise it as? Say
3: ethnicities,
0: possibly. Yeah, yeah, ethnicities. That that, that, I think. Yeah, ethnicities, so that was the, the word that I was looking for that slipped my mind. So they split out the property wealth in the UK by ethnicity. Um, and in that, there was actually some very uh, shocking uh, information in terms of the data. So just to frame the data for the listeners in case you haven't had a chance to look at it. So in this uh, data set, what we could see was that the Indian population in the UK, their average property wealth there was 176,000. So they were at the top of this uh Uh, data set. Uh, Second from top, it was the the white British and Pakistani communities. They were both at 115k um, median household net property wealth and um, i think the bit that really surprised us as a group was actually if you look at the bottom end of the the data set so at the bottom with a net property wealth value of zero was the black african and black caribbean communities which was a, a big surprise for us here on the episode um, and then second from bottom is actually the the bangladeshi communities that's the community that i'm part of which was at twenty six thousand. so from the bottom of 0 to 26,000 to the top of 176,000 with the Indian community, that was a big gap. And I think when this data was uh, shared, there was some commentary about why this was happening and uh, why uh, this gap continues to to persist. Now, what we wanted to do in this episode is actually discuss within this group, why do we think that gap is? Um, are we as a community getting better or worse? What can we do to improve it? And are we individually actively helping the cause as much as we could so let's tackle the the first question why do we think this gap is guys Any, anyone would like to kick us off
2: yeah i think actually the
0: first thing i wanted to sort of
2: um add um to sort of set this scene and get started is that a lot of when you when you look at those statistics a lot of people sort of see the numbers and they'll say okay they'll look at it from a very monetary standpoint what i see behind the zero is a lot more than that what i actually see i think that zero is connected to the community's health community's um network access to capital schools so it it, it's much deeper than just saying how much equity does a community have within the property right it's their ability it's it's their well-being it's their livelihood so i think i think um um and this speaks to the importance of this topic and discussion but it's it's very important for us to understand that it goes far beyond just your your equity in the property and, and how it influences other areas of of um livelihoods, and also for generations to come. Um, I'll start off with maybe one why from my side, maybe we can just sort of go around the table, I think. So one of the one of the whys, um, there are many. So we're looking at this, I think one of the things that we we need to do better, if I speak from the from the black um, African community is our ability to understand, well, first we need to first we need to have plans and education in place in order to get assets. But I'll just go from a standpoint of we're not necessarily the best in being able to protect our assets and pass it down. So I like, so what will be interesting to understand in that in that number is is in our inability to have sufficient wealth um, wills in place, life insurances in place to understand the importance of what, how these things play out. So we actually give ourselves an opportunity to have these assets over periods of, of time. So um, I think that's also I think I think um, that's one of the reasons as to why um, it's quite low in the black community. Um Olu.
1: um if if we want so I think you' mentioned a good, some a few good points into how we can improve in the latest stage I think if we talk about why it's where it is um and we think about the income gap or wealth gap within um different ethnicity it comes back to slavery the british Empire that's where it starts from um, you've got to also take into consideration when we talk about wealth gap I see as a Uh, equation that would never get corrected right because it's if I gave you a million pounds 100 years ago and I gave another ethnicity zero at that particular time compounding means that that's going to grow quicker and if now I give you a million pounds or now you're starting your journey or your race there's no way for you to mathematically catch up it's impossible so the conversation about this gap i did some research in certain places and they said that the gap between certain ethnicities if you think about white with people from um, black backgrounds or um from 1962 to like now is pretty much the same and that's not a surprise to me because of compounding so i think if we're going to the root cause of why it is there right it's because of all the things that happened in history to stop people of minority backgrounds from gaining assets, gaining wealth, right? And then that is now compounding. So now if you move all that racial um, roadblocks and challenges away, right? There's always gonna be that gap, right? If you, um, you can look at the case study in the Jewish community, right? Reparations was provided which gave them the opportunity to then be able to accelerate and grow. Now, I don't believe you should have a victim mentality. So first, understand what the issue is. And then we'll go, we're going to go further on in this episode, but discuss how do we then improve, right? Because if we look at sort of the different asset classes, we can look at home equity. Yeah, it says around 64% of white family households own their property right and if you compare that to black families you're looking at around 30 40 percent so that's one element of okay how do we improve and educate ourselves to improve that if you look at stocks which is something we talked about in a previous episode 32 percent of white households own stocks compared to only eight percent of black households that own stocks so there's an element of it that we're going to talk about when it comes to education where we can now accelerate our progression but that gap was caused due to the roadblocks and the things that have happened in history based on racial um yeah uh, yeah go on no actually i I, you know i i think i think no you
2: you really went you know to the root cause to the starting point and i think maybe one of the things actually to put in there is one question we have to ask ourselves has it always been a priority for the black community to buy property um, because you're because you're, you're making me think about going all the way back, and you're, you're so I, like for example, um, I'm aware of the fact that if we go back a couple generations, Africans that came to the UK, um, uh, let's say you know my father or, or or his peers, their goal was very much to come to the to the UK, get educated, and go back to Africa. They wasn't really focusing on on buying property and accumulating wealth in that in that matter. So that also could be a, a, that also can play a role if you, sure, unless yeah. you're intentional about wanting to create wealth within the property space. It's mm. also not going to happen in combination with the compound and these things. So I just wanted to add that as well. Um, but Daniel, um, thoughts?
3: Well, my thoughts are similar to Olus. So I think you're going back to the root cause. And this is specific between the numbers we've what, um, shared is from April 2016 to March 2018, I believe. So it's um, a two-year period from which these statistics are um, what these statistics represent. So two years, I'd like to see what if anything has changed in the last two years, especially with the recent London property boom. But going back to what Oli said, and you know, the days of slave trade. When you look at between the period of 1948 to 1970, when you know almost half a million people from the Caribbean and and uh, Africa came over to help the UK uh, in the, the, what's known as the Windrush generation, to help with the severe um, shortage of work um they came to help and a lot of them settled here of course we're not going to talk about the Windrush scandal and everything that followed um but ownership i don't think was at the forefront i think people came here settled and enjoyed the opportunities that were afforded to them opportunities that they didn't have back home so the access to good healthcare, the access to work the access to earn a, a decent wage earn mm-hmm. a living and also to support family back home. Mm -hmm. Therefore their priorities were different. They weren't looking, I don't think, to accumulate wealth, to use that income to buy property. I say that because when you look at certain regions in London, say Notting Hill, Brixton, Peckham, it was largely and is largely or was largely populated by black people and ethnic groups. With gentrification, property prices have increased significantly and rapidly. Therefore the ability for them to even consider buying that property is now eclipsed. So at the time when it wasn't a on the, it wasn't on the forefront of their minds, that was probably the perfect opportunity. But for one reason or another, we can't fault them. We can't blame them. They didn't. And now where they're now being forced out with gentrification, urban gentrification, they are never, or going to be very difficult for them to buy property. Hence, only thirty percent of black families or black people and um, own their property. If at such a time there is a huge gap in wealth, and we all know the requirements for you to apply for a mortgage, not even to account for child or children and childcare, because when you're now looked at when your statements and your income. And your expenses and your spending habits are scrutinized you're actually at a disadvantage if you have two or three children because of school fees other expenditure and fees associated with having children therefore your affordability is significantly lower than say someone or a married couple with no children or a single single individual with no responsibilities so imagine a family that's living in Notting hill in a council property maybe a one bed or a two bed now trying to buy a property that's now worth almost half a million just because of its postcode and its easy accessibility into London, it's going to be significantly difficult for them to buy and therefore the transfer of property wealth from generation to generation will be difficult. And like P said, our parents probably came from our home countries to England probably for the reasons of education, to provide for family, to help family back home, and to look to start a family where their children can be afforded good opportunities and not maybe have the challenges they face back home. So if we really want to change it, I think the emphasis and the responsibility will lie on us because we know what the reasons they came to the country were for. Their priority wasn't to create wealth through property, but what excuse do we now have not to create that wealth through property? I'm happy for us to explore further, but those are my initial thoughts on why that wealth gap is so significant when it comes to property, because of the windrush generation, the opportunities that's been afforded to them, and the lack of opportunities and support we're given by our communities, the council, the government, along and coupled with the gentrification that's happening in urban areas. No, Daniel, great points, and I think
2: just just quickly before we move to short, I think everything you said. If you then if you then overlap salaries and employments within that. You actually, you actually then see how it becomes extremely difficult to even build up a, le- a level of savings, to even give yourself a fighting chance. So, um, yeah, yep. Yeah.
0: No, I it's, think- it's, it's, um... it's, re- it's
3: really hard. Sorry, sorry go, ahead, go ahead. No, no, go, go ahead, Pete. Uh, I was right. gonna say, it's, it's really hard for these things, it's really hard mm. for these things not to be interlinked. They're all yeah. overlap, they're all interlinked. And that's why it really has to go to the root for us to think about correcting this, Correcting it will not be an overnight thing. It will take years to do, possibly generations, but it's not something we can do on our own. We'll actually need support of the white man, the white woman, for this to change to make not equality, but have equity.
1: I don't think I don't think it will ever. I don't um, sorry, I don't want to be the pessimist.
3: No, no, be honest, be
1: honest, be honest. I I I I I I don't I think we need to understand that the gap will never change. It's too late. It's too. It's, it's impossible for the gap to change based on compounding. It's just impossible. So it, it's all. All we can do is improve the standard of living and improve the equity and gains within our community. Right. So you, I think it can go. And what I mean about that is basically that gap is always going to increase because whatever we're doing will be naive to think other ethnicities are not increasing it the leader like whoever's in front is not doing the exact same thing but because they've got that head start is compounding more right a million pounds if it goes up one percent is greater than my 10k going up one percent so mm-hmm. it's it's never to we're never going to be able to close that gap because for the masses for the, for, the for the masses the, for the, the percentage gap
2: mm-hmm. but
1: what we need to focus on and I think is the positive element because when I say that it's like okay so why don't we just give up no we can improve our experience as an ethnicity where it says 10 years 20 years ago right what i've been able to build or our community's been able to build surpasses what the prior generation had right and that's what we've got to continuously focus on is just how do we get more in our game improve our standard of living our education and wealth that we gain but as a percentage of the total pie it's not going to change right it's it's been like this yeah
3: Uh, Go on, a question. A question then is Does it really matter? Do do these statistics actually matter? Because we assume that every black person, every Asian lives in the UK, lives in London. How about if people were actually making effective change, positive change in their home countries? Because we're not necessarily going to hear of those success stories or what people are doing to generate wealth via property through their businesses, say, Mm -hmm. in. In Bangladesh, say in Nigeria, say in Ghana, say in South Africa, say in Zimbabwe, we would not hear those stories. So we, are, you know, we can only think of this as you know, I, I don't know um, if I'm making it a smaller problem than it is, and maybe it's a bigger problem than I'm making it sound. But of course, there is a population of Black people and Asian people in the UK. These numbers are stark; they are significant because it's ultimately due to a number of factors that we just mentioned. But should we be trying to change and push the needle in the UK, or should we be trying to make effective change in countries outside of the UK, where we can have a positive impact on the economy? I
2: I've, I've, so, love the question. M- maybe sure. If you want to talk to your wife and then maybe to tackle Daniel's question. Sorry, yeah, yeah,
3: sorry, yeah, sorry, sorry,
0: sorry. Sure, yeah, yeah. No, no. So I, I think it's a, it was actually a great discussion. So I was hesitating to, to interrupt you because I think when what you guys were reflecting on, from what you've seen in um the the black African and the the black africans are in the black caribbean communities i was actually listening back and a lot of that is basically very similar to what i've seen also in the bangladeshi community which is as, as we've mentioned at the second from from bottom in this uh, data set i think if i just use my dad as a reference so he came to the country at the age of 13 for him his number one priority was to work save money, any money that he had, it would be going back to Bangladesh to feed his family there. So wealth creation wasn't uh, a thought in his mind. Then once he got to the age where he could work, then he was able to save money, invest in a business and build from there. But even then, when he was in a position to save from his business, he wasn't in the mindset that let me build wealth in the UK For him at that time, the best information and reference points he had were his friends around him. His friends around him were from the same community and everyone was just buying land back in Bangladesh. That was the thing to do because they just didn't have the information. They weren't aware. Similar to what Pabila was saying with his dad, when he came to the UK first, they were thinking about what they can do back home rather than in the UK. I think now basically we're in the position where Bangladesh as a country has grown, but the growth hasn't been as stable as the UK. And the asset classes in the UK have improved a lot more versus assets in in Bangladesh. I I shared the example in in the previous episode that I sat down together with my dad and calculated if we took the money that he had invested in Bangladesh, which had doubled over a 20, 25 year period, if he had invested that in the UK in a, in the property as an asset class, he would have 10xed his money compared to doubling it in Bangladesh. And I think he just wasn't aware of that. So for me, the why is really they had their different priorities. For them, it was more of a survival. But I think once they were in the position, I don't think they were really interested in what was going on in their country that they were in. They were still focused a lot with back home and trying to build stuff uh, there, which probably in the long term, if you just look at financial metrics, maybe it wasn't the best option, but there could have been other benefits. that I think Daniel was alluding to with the question that you were just asking at the uh, at the end. So that's... Shual,
1: when you mentioned that, what it brings to mind is what we've talked about in regards to education and who yeah. you surround information. Yourself information. the information that you're given, because your dad made that decision based on the information he was given, right? If I a lot of the stuff that I'm doing right now right is based on the information I've been given I see how property is doing in the UK right if I surrounded myself with people that only built or develop back home in Nigeria I'd probably not be investing in properties in the UK I'd probably be saying okay how can I invest in in um, Nigeria so the next element of it and how we can improve as we go forward is how do we educate ourselves Mm -hmm. in terms of the information like when I look at these percentages of what the only thing that we start to get comparable with um, the white household is debt, right? That's when it only, the only time it starts to get more comparable. Um, but when you look at stocks, businesses, real estate, and other savings and stuff, well, it's the most, in most cases, they're two X, sometimes even with the stocks, like four five to X, the amount um, or percentage of households that own there. So the education and the information needs to definitely increase.
0: Yeah. No, completely, completely hear that, and I think that's hopefully why the 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 podcast like this, for example, and all the content that we see that's available now. I think this is a it's, it's a start of a new wave. The the one comment I just wanted to make, and this was to Olu's point earlier about whether this gap will ever be closed because of the 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 differences that we see now. The only thing is Olu to be to play devil's advocate. If we were looking at this list based on that rationale and logic, then you would assume that the white British demographic would be far and above everyone else. But there are nationalities on that list, the Indian community and Pakistani community that haven't been in the UK as long as you would assume the white British community. So I think there is a stage where we start from behind. But then I think if we start making the collective right decision, sharing information, all of these things that we've been speaking about, I think there is an opportunity to to close the gap the us for example is one of the is one of the biggest economies but china is probably going to catch up with it soon and there's no reason why from a wealth standpoint within these different demographics if people are collectively working together well we can't close the gap anymore so i just wanted to share that point based on what you was talking about earlier interesting yeah yeah we, we, i think we
2: can definitely at some point jump on to we think the, the number one Indians are at where they are. um I have a perspective, but p- one thing would be good to do is circle back to Daniel's question or, or Daniel's point around the data that we're looking at. does it matter or should we be looking more widespread? Um, mm-hmm. And I was just thinking that as as you mentioned daniel, I think I think it does matter because because you know it's four guys on this podcast that are, uh, sort of um, have a um interest or British passport holders and I think I think it's a great question. I think given the given what we've seen that the UK property can do over decades um I think it's an I think it's a great opportunity and I think it does matter because I think if played well and the right way can actually change lives and generations to come um I don't know if that answers the question um, but yeah I do, I do think I don't know if I'm answering the question
3: I think you are you are to you are to some degree but what I was trying to allude to is what are we all doing ourselves and me included to create opportunities back from our our home countries back to the motherland should we say leave the uk back to our places of origin what do we have there to kind of to thrive on or to to build and to pass down that's the bit i was getting to because yes whilst we're here we live here Um, Of course, our, our descendants, generations after us, can decide where they want to set up shop and live, possibly move, but it'll be good for us to explore opportunities further afield back in the likes of Bangladesh, Nigeria, Sierra Leone, for things that we can build as well there simultaneously, because one thing I fear is we put so much into the UK economy as black and brown individuals, we are growing the economy with us having access and having means, should we not also help the economy overseas? Because all we continue to do is get and improve Well, we get our education here, improve the education system here, of course, I'm not faulting it. But unless there is investment from possibly the Western world, and I say Western world, I mean us to go back and improve the education in these countries. It's always going to stay the same or decline. They will never get the same opportunities that we do unless there is investment there, in business, in education, in um, healthcare. It's always going to be the same, and that's the theory is that it's always going to lag behind, and Africa will never be the great nation it once was. I say the great nation because a lot of things were looted, stolen. Natural resources were exploited. People were exploited. Land was stolen um, by, you know, the colonies of Europe, uh, European, the different empires in Europe. Hence, there's so much influence there. So much different dialects that are European languages spoken there because of the invasion that was done. And quite right, quite rightly put, robbery. It was absolute manic where they came. They even used to meet because they were fighting over who would, would get what. Um, Belgium, Spain, UK, mm-hmm. or England were fighting over which territories they were going to, you know, s- steal and, and overtake. Just before I, you know, we go back back onto topic because I know I've, I've kind of gone off topic. Nigeria, the country you know as now, wasn't a country. The northern part of Nigeria was not part of the southern part of Nigeria. Lugard came in, looked at the opportunities, united the northern part, the Delta area, with the southern part. That's why the northern part is predominantly Muslim. It's Hausa, very different mentality, very different to the southern part. And it was Lugard's wife who came up with the name of Nigeria to call it Nigeria. It was never the country it was. They saw opportunities to exploit it. For what it had as its natural resources, and really just messed up the country. That's why years later, generations later, the country is messed up. Mm. And to put it simply, I don't think I'll ever go back to what it what it was because of the the, the sheer greed that that existed. But anyway, I, I yeah, I think Daniel, to answer <laughs> your
1: question. For me, to answer your question. It should be Is yes, right? We do need to invest back home. I'll just say that there's different stages to it. So I think there's there's build, taking education, building your wealth, and then when you've generated a certain amount of wealth, then you can start sort of investing back. So I think, yeah.
3: Easy yeah. to say. And I'll just use the analogy of our parents. Yeah. Our parents most likely came here to get educated to go back, but did they go yeah. back? The yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, so, I don't nice much, to say yeah. But I do so my, my
1: parents. I don't think they
2: can. They. I don't
0: think they no, can made made to go point. back. The, I know. The, the, the only what? the only thing I just wanted to quickly add, Daniel, because you really made me think about um, the intention of building back where our roots are originally versus building here in the UK. And I've had this conversation with my dad again we, when we were doing this exercise together on calculating what he would have been able to return with his investment in the UK versus Bangladesh. I personally think. That if you have the intention of helping everyone back home, then that's the right intention to have. But I think the the timing of that approach, you can change this to maximize your impact. So what I explained together with my dad and had the conversation with him was if he had had in his mind that I want to help people in Bangladesh, support them with the minimum level of support, but enough for them to live a good quality life, but then really focus in the UK then that example that I had given where he would have 10xed his value versus double what he would have ahead. done, that's way more. That With that, he could have transferred that to, to Bangladesh and impacted way more of his family in a significantly bigger way. So I think the intention to support, I think, is the right intention to have. But I think tactically, if we were to think short-term, mid-term, long-term, then I think thinking like this, we can maximize the the value and impact that we can have. That was at least a conversation we had uh, together um but daniel a no, great great question i think if j- just to move us uh, along a little bit and i think we've already started to to talk about it with with our parents and our families do do you guys think that as a community we are getting better i think olu you mentioned about the the educational aspect uh sharing information Pabilo's mentioned um wanting to help back home daniel also you've mentioned as well but do you do you think we as a community are getting better or or worse i i,
3: I, I think i'll I was just going to be brief. I think as a community, y'all, we are getting better. The reason I said that is because we're talking about it. Not just us, but there are others talking about it. Um, I use social media as an example. There are many people that I see that are Black, that are Asian, that are talking about creating wealth through property. So I think it's very much something that people are um, deliberately and consciously thinking about to change the narrative. Whether it's going to be overnight, I don't know. But at least there is immediate... Um, active engagement in this area to try and change things i think there's more sharing amongst the people there's more sharing of what people are doing although i like to see more sharing of how to do things amongst the community people are very reserved and keep their cards close to the chest about how they do things they're happy to talk about the successes but not necessarily how to put you on it as well people don't mind themselves being successful or you being successful just not just not as people don't mind you being successful just not as successful as themselves and i think that's one of the the culture um that's one of the things we have to change culturally is to allow people to be successful allow people to shine just because you shine doesn't dim my light Mm -hmm. i think we need to change our way of thinking but essentially as a community i think we are getting better and i think the whole pandemic and this generation are looking to increase their income via multiple streams property of course being one of them so i think this generation is thinking more long-term, thinking about increasing their, their, their wealth, increasing their income. Um, and this is something that's definitely being addressed.
2: Yeah, I agree with Daniel in a sense. So it feels like we're getting better because we are having more conversations. Everybody's talking, everyone's on on, on social media. Uh, you, and, and I think it's a lot to do with who we actually follow, right? So I'm engulfed in just conversations about generational wealth and long-term thinking. However, if you look at the data, if we were to look at a new set of data, would that actually translate into actually more homeowners for black African, Black Caribbeans and also the Bangladesh community that we're talking about? Um, I, I'm not sure. I would like to think we have more owners. I'm not quite sure, I can't say. One thing I can probably um stand on is the fact that the last 18 months, um the last 18 months, uh we've all experienced a setback, right? From from a because now I think if if many were on their path to sort of in a position where they had a good job they had a level of savings and they're ready to invest the recession and pandemic had sort of taken a lot of people back to the starting point or back to back to to zero and now whilst your priority was to buy a house you're now your priority is now i need to basically get uh, another solid job Um, i need to start looking after my family and so that means it will take a little bit longer uh, to get onto the property ladder Um, just because you have these you know, help to buy schemes and five percent down. Five uh, percent down doesn't necessarily mean it's going to help because obviously there are things along the journey that you have to end up um, paying back a certain amount of percentage. So the conversations there, to, to, the conversations are there. I think the information is being shared, but what needs to be assessed is how well we've been able to execute on that information and actually really become homeowners um or, or invest in property. So that, that's kind of my, my take there. It's, it remains to be seen. But feels good. Olu. <laughs> yeah Olu was for
0: the for the listeners who obviously may not see the, the visuals, Olu was shaking his head viciously at points of Pabila's explanation. So Oli, what did no, you agree? No, I agree with what well, he point agreed, there. but it, I he agree was, with I what think, point
1: yeah. is that the data doesn't lie. And I think that's
0: as much as... But, we, but Olu, 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 we know men lie, numbers lie. <laughs> Olu lied. No, 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 <laughs> Men lie, women lie, numbers don't.
1: But um, yeah, no, I, I just also like the data changed. Put them together. The data hasn't changed, right? So there's more information. There's um, our standard of living is improved per se, but in terms of wealth generation and generating wealth... It's getting harder. As much as we we want to we want to say there's more information there, it's harder. To, yeah. it's harder to own a property. Yeah. It's harder to purchase more properties. Is it's harder to um to to for some people to take action when you're not educated about stuff. You can know about stuff, but a lot of people are afraid to take action. And we have a lot of information out there. We hear about a lot of information. But how many people actually make it, like investing and growing their wealth, right? You hear about stocks. It's now cheaper to invest into stocks. But how many people in the in our communities purchase stocks? I don't have that many conversations with people about stocks because people are not purchasing stocks. Um, and I try to look. Need up,
3: need to get need, need to
0: get on Reddit. <laughs> but, and it, yeah, but I was going to say they—they they need to listen to Take podcast, property need, versus stocks. to. I'm—I'm
1: just—I'm saying, look, we can't just now really look to, at the. You need to
0: come
3: into the office and go into work. And stop remote <laughs> working. It's we can't
1: just—we can't just look at ourselves and the 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 best of the class and say assume that everyone is doing it right. I'm trying to more look at what are the mass. The majority of our communities do it and it's not it hasn't changed the data hasn't changed so the data doesn't lie so for me there's more information out there i don't believe it's changing because the numbers are not changing and it's becoming even more difficult to truly gain wealth especially in the real estate and property element right um the deposits that you need to save are a lot higher if you have responsibilities like daniel mentioned before kids etc is, is a lot harder to save so unfortunately no
0: no but olu i i love the the different perspectives we can get in the group so to, to counter your counter i would okay. say that it is definitely harder than it's ever been the prices yeah. of things continue to go up but i think also it's probably the easiest it's ever been in terms of starting a business in terms of using a device in your pocket to access information, open up an account for something. Now, of course, the action will be the differentiator. But in terms of the tools available to start something, that's probably been the easiest it's ever been. So if at this moment in time, you can't start it because of whatever challenges, because there are challenges out there. Now is probably the easiest time in history, if we look at the grand scheme of things, yeah. for us to, to start an initiative or to build something. If we really, what really want to, what you say the number
1: one way of building wealth is, or people's wealth is in?
0: What do you mean? Where, a, where most like of
2: asset the... class,
1: asset class. What is the number one asset class for building wealth? There's probably a ton of uh, millions. Number one, number one. I'm not saying how many they are. Number is proper. It's no, 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 no. Sorry,
2: I was about to say millions of pounds in, in home equity.
1: Yeah, home equity, right? So was, home was, equity uh... and property is the number one way that most households build their wealth, right? If we look at that element, it's not easier now to own a home or purchase a home than it was back in the day when you needed mm. 0% in terms of down. There was even certain times they were paying you to purchase properties. If I talk to my mom about stories about when she was, all I needed was 5K and I could have got this place and that place. If I go with 5K yeah, today...
2: No, but it's um, inflation it,
1: though, you gotta adjust it, for inflation. Take away if, even if we take away inflation, guys, they were zero percent, they were giving out zero percent mortgages. Like you yeah, didn't but salaries were
3: like back in the eighties salaries are twelve K, a house price was twenty K. No,
1: not no, when my mom not when my
3: I said back in the eighties, I know I'm saying yeah. but I'm saying that but even when you look at inflation if you want to measure real inflation, look at Fredo. That's how you measure real inflation. From, from 15p to 30, 40p, <laughs> salaries ain't changed the same. Excluded,
1: changed. Excluding, yeah. inflation, no, just, excluding inflation, it was easier to purchase properties. The only, oh, yeah, the no, only,
0: thing, the only thing there, or is I think the pathways to a deposit, there are more pathways available now. There's more opportunities to create a business. There's more opportunities to create businesses online. The pathway to the deposit, I think there's probably more paths available. The amount of deposit has definitely increased and probably increased even more than people's salaries and wages and everything else. But I think there are still opportunities out there and information that was a lot easier. That's a lot easily available now than there was probably yeah. ever been before.
2: Not, not to get too technical, but the other thing I'll say is it's not necessarily um, a benefit to be putting down five percent two percent one percent because we all understand the value of the price of an asset versus the level of debt and you want to necessarily have a nice gap because in times of 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 hardship you don't want to necessarily be so close to your debt so um well, it is I, a benefit I, I, if it's i see a the point
1: it's no it's but, benefit for ex- let's take for example my first property mortgage right it was 10 percent. yeah right everyone your first property is typically 10 percent. you're not just doing interest only you're then starting to pay down more of that equity get me in that door because what's happening is the appreciation of that asset is growing more than me now trying to save and buy that same property right with now 20 percent, now that value of that property that was 160 when i first wanted it now could potentially be 200k now i need to save more so get me in that door okay and then i can use the income that i have to pay down that equity or that gap yeah no you're, you're making me think about
2: counterpoints um just because i think it's a great point so the other thing also is where you purchase was based in your location one of the things that i don't think enough people are paying attention to is those that are based in london yeah. what, what's happening is london has become a playground where it's no longer uh, playable for the local person right it's now foreign um yeah. foreign playground foreign wealth mm-hmm. nothing nothing is stopping people that live in london to invest in properties further up north where it's actually a cheaper entry to get into you're still you're still you're still uh, investing in property you're still able to sort of build equity so i think one thing you have to keep in mind is a lot of times people sort of give up on the dream of buying property that are based in london because they're too busy looking at london properties Hmm. when actual fact when you bought your first property it was outside of london i'm buying properties outside of london and so you can start there and then perhaps work your way back down to london which i think Hmm. is a big um it's 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 an important factor to keep in mind. so, yeah, but that's just us getting a bit, a bit
0: technical on, on, on the game. Yeah, it sounds like it's turning into property versus stocks part five. So then <laughs> well, let's, let's, uh, let's, let's turn let's... into a debate. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I like it. I like that. I, I, think, like I the... think what we're talking
2: about here is information. Yes. Right. Which we're going to come on to now, Shwell's point.
0: Yes. Yeah, so then, the the so I think it's been a great, a great discussion. And just to close us uh, out, a final question to get your get you guys uh, invaluable thoughts. So I think we've spoken about why we think the gap. We've also spoken about an element, Daniel's great question about whether we should be building in our home countries versus here in the UK. And then I think collectively we're in agreement that the community is getting better. But I think the jury is out in terms of what the results would be. That we'll only see in the future. Now, what what can can we do? Uh, as a group, to improve this? Uh, And then what can we individually help the cause? What what do you guys think? Um, Yeah, so a couple of
2: points that come to mind. uh, And maybe it's for us or for people that are listening. The the, the very first thing that people tend to overlook and not discuss enough is, and we've spoken about it earlier in, in the episode, with this, we're talking about creating more wealth in UK property. Your very first step is you have to be very intentional about this work. You have to decide that you want to create wealth in property. It's not gonna just happen. You're not gonna just fall into wealth. And I and I think that's that's an important point because our parents didn't necessarily pay attention to this. We are very intentional about wanting to create wealth. And it's no surprise that we're able to do that. I think that's 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 the first thing. I think the second thing we talk about if you're one thing that can help and make a difference, if you're someone within the community um, that is able to, you're maybe one of the exceptions and you're able to sort of you have you've had a great experience in creating wealth. And you're not sharing the information or finding a way to share the information, shame on you because it, it actually benefits you in the long run, also. Right. So I think one thing that we can do and continue to do is if you, if people can change their minds based on a different set of information. So I think one thing that we can do, and it's very easy, it's free to do. Um, Daniel mentioned it success is not a zero sum game. We need we can do a better job in scaling and spreading the information and planting seeds. It doesn't mean that the people that receive it today are going to take action. But in year five, they may. And that made a difference because you gave it to them a couple of years ago. So I think I think be intentional, decide you want to be wealthy. Number two, um, number two, start sharing information. The other point I wanted to mention, I'm just reeling points off the top of my head now, is when I look at the Indian community top of the charts, Um, My assumption, it's just an assumption, um, is that what they've done really well is they've worked together. I've heard in the past, what they tend to do is come together as a collective. They raise the deposit, almost like crowdfunding. They'll buy one house and then they'll work to get, and it says there's 10 people buying that one house. Then they'll work to get the second person another house. And they'll just keep sort of building the deposit together. Um, A bit like a pyramid scheme, if you want to call it that, where everybody benefits in the long run. Um, And so what we've got to learn to do is eventually, figure out a way to to get over the, 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 the mind barriers and the trust issues and, and what's not worked in the past and work together better as a community on how we can actually joint venture um and, and sort of create wealth in that way. So I think those are a couple of points that I wanted to share as to how we can really make a difference. And we don't necessarily need to be number one. Let's make that clear. We just need to start moving the needle as to where we are.
3: Boy, I think oh, thank said, you for listening. I've got, <laughs> <I> got, <laughs> uh... got nothing to... <laughs> okay, Let me keep going. Let me
1: keep going. Let me keep going.
2: Let me keep going. Let me double
3: another one. Another one. No, nah, okay. Don't spoil it. Don't spoil it. Don't spoil it. I'm not gonna spoil it. it. Let well, me just well, double down just another well. point.
2: Well, okay, let me double right, another go. point also to mention is that some of us one thing that actually this statistic you will never understand is that I think in that zero, you've actually seen communities that have had assets and have lost it. We keep looking at that zero as if you've you're trying to start from zero. And I think one of the things that I know we have to do better as a community is put wills in place, start understanding how trust works, and start understanding the importance of life insurance, because too many times we're not um, we're leaving our families bills and we're not leaving our families wills, right? So this can really help to make a difference in building that, that legacy um, and then working on that generational wealth.
3: In it, because I know that that black community property was passed down, but they all went and sold it, bought some some Gucci belts um some Rolls Royce (laughs) (laughs) um
1: no I think P has mentioned pretty much most points the only thing I would I think I'll add um is just action is key um you can have all the information you can until you take action um and you're intentional with that action you're never going to be able to grow wealth so The best time to start is when you're younger um, as well. Um, I think I talked before around the importance of compounding. Um, And yeah, I think P's mentioned pretty much all the points, but those are the two actions and start young um, and everything that P mentioned around education, sharing information and working as a unit.
3: Daniel? I've got nothing to add. P said it all, so I'll just be reiterating but for the sake of the greenhouse gas effect, let me keep my mouth shut.
0: (laughs) I um, I think you guys have perfectly encapsulated everything. The only perspective that I would add, and this I think, again, reflecting on what I've seen with my dad and other members of the Bangladeshi community, is just don't be afraid to ask and just park the ego to one side. Because I think there's always, at least from what I've seen in the Bangladeshi community, there's this element where if someone is being seen to do really well, instead of thinking, let me go ask that person how they've done it, or let's share this information together. The natural tendency that I've observed are for people to question how that person has made their wealth, or they must be doing something wrong, or just being perceived in a a negative way. And I think for us to really build we just need to push, put, put that cultural ego to one side. And if we see people in our community or if we see people in other communities that we know are behind, but they are doing great things, then don't be afraid to ask. Because nine times out of 10, people actually want to help and they just want to share the information. And as, as Daniel said, success in, in, in one community isn't taking away from another and it's not going to dim anyone else's light. So the only thing that I would add is don't be afraid to ask. If you see us, if you want to contact us, reach out to us at any time. Um, or other people in the community who there's probably many people doing a lot better than what we're doing. Don't be afraid to to ask them and uh, and reach out.
1: And I think I'm um, sure the key thing you mentioned is asking the the right people, right? Because don't just ask people in your circle, right? Because your circle might not be like the example you gave. Right, your dad saw certain people saying, "Okay, I'm spending my money back home," so he did ask, right? He asked the people who were surrounded, right? But I think the key thing you mentioned there was based on people that have been successful, I always like to do case studies of the wealthy and understand, okay, what steps did they take to get to where they are and then try to replicate that because you don't need to redo the wheel. Like it's, it's already been, there's plays that have already been done. So I think the key thing you mentioned was the right people, someone that you see successful.
0: Um, yeah. Perfect and um no but guys thank you so much for the the open discussion and the multiple views we hope you uh, our very very important listeners have enjoyed the conversation i think uh, i just want to say a big thank you for for the engagement if you've got to this final episode please uh, share this with people in your community that you think would get a lot of value um Make sure to subscribe if you haven't subscribed already. And do please continue to, to, to share Take Flight Podcast and leave your reviews and everything else. It really means a lot to us. I, I think with that, I will hand it over to, to Daniel for the honours of closing out the episode.
3: Thank you all for listening to episode 89. It's the one before 90, 10 before 100. We hope you'll still be listening to us when we reach 100. Um, but as always, stay safe, stay well, stay healthy. Have a great week. We'll see you next week with take flight takeaways. God bless.
1: Peace.
0: Take off.